Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And today we have Amber Stitt with me. Uh, Amber is a Gallup certified strategist, also a coach and a financial consultant. How are you today, Amber? I'm doing great. It's it's nice to finally do this with you and have a chance to to talk. I know it's been it's been a while, hasn't it? We've had to kind of overcome a few challenges, but it's it's so good to be able to to be here. And yes. to be able to, yeah, just be able to have this conversation today. Well, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I love the Gallup stuff as well. Like I've loved Strength Finders and uh, the work of Tom Rath. Um, that's okay, always... so you are familiar. Yeah, I am. You know, I, I really enjoy uh, Strength Finders because most things that you do as assessments, they tend to look at, I don't know, where you're lacking or maybe where you're falling down. But the thing I love about strength finders is, is very much that it really highlights your strength and it, and it gives you actionable uh, and practical steps to be able to highlight your natural skill and talent. That That's true. And that's a huge part of it where you're not trying to fix what you are not. It's mm. really what, what are you, where are you talented and let's develop those because in life and any job, whether you're a business owner or employee, there's things that you just don't love doing that are part of the deal. And sometimes those are teaching moments too. But when you have that self-awareness, you can start to see where you might need to go, what things you might need to leave behind. Or if there's just a task that's just part of the deal and you're exhausted by it, you almost can have a laugh and mm-hmm. just tell yourself, hey, you know what? That's in my lower quadrant. Might We call it the basements. And I don't like this. I know that's true and I'm okay with it. It's not forever. But if you're in the basement often, you might need to pivot and go find something else that would make you happier and bring you joy. So um, it's funny. I'm in the process of filming some how to take the assessment videos and, and podcast content because I know when I pass these out and I say, okay, we're going to take this assessment the natural reaction is negative. People get nervous. They go, oh gosh, I'm going to fail this or they're not going to like my results. And the beauty is we all have the 34 strengths. It's just in a different order. And we work really hard to develop the top 10 and then people are just happier. And um, it, it started as a journey in personal development for me to go in and get the curriculum and just go take the curriculum for me just to learn but um, it's turned into a little bit of a consulting opportunity because people in the financial world say, hey, how, does this, how has this helped you build your practice? And then they want to hire me for some of the team engagement where we do one-on-ones with leadership and then work with the team. It's so much fun, just a very natural conversation where everyone can highlight everyone's you know, top 10. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So I was lucky to have this be part of a, 
a, a kind of a growth factor for myself in personal development, but then it's translated into other opportunities where I can help people. So it's been a really neat thing to layer on top of that financial consultant uh, day job that I've chosen for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful resource. I, I'm really fascinated by it. I always encourage people to, to go buy that book if they never have, because it's, it's got mm-hmm. so much gold in it. You know, I love that. I love that. Now, one of the things that I've noticed about you is you put a lot of energy into the Amber Stitt blog, and I would love to hear a little bit about your blog, Amber, and, and, and what your vision is, you know, behind that. Sure. So that started about six months after I had my daughter. So kind of going back in time, I've been in the financial industry for 10 years. I avoided it for about 20 years because as an undergraduate, early 20s, I worked with my father's firm and I got scared of the whole industry and business ownership because a lot of it was at the time where I was working with my father was a lot of accounting and, and math and the financial planning, kind of all of the projections where at that time I knew that wasn't a strong suit. Accounting and math was not my, my, my thing, but the ability to communicate and educate with, with um, product knowledge is more suited for me, but at the time I didn't know. So we kind of fast forward into the, the 20s to 30s. I'm in these corporate positions, not in necessarily financial industry, but working in the mortgage industry at the time in Arizona and the US, that was really lucrative in my early 20s. So I stayed there until about 2008 when a lot of trouble was brewing with the the industry. So then I was fortunate enough to go into corporate, well, more real estate law offices, but working in that corporate paralegal environment. So really the 20s to 30s were my were my years of being this employee in a safe place with that salary. And then my family again popped up in my early 30s and said, hey, come back in the in the family business. And I said, I don't think so. They go insurance could be a great place for you to go. And so I did that. I actually left the corporate paralegal world, jumped in and worked remotely from an Arizona office for the the Nebraska office. And so as I'm going through all these uh, kind of transitions, it really taught me a lot about the financial industry in general. So to answer your question, it was really when I was, I was looking at how, now that I have skin in the game, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a spouse now, mother, and a business owner. I, I actually left the family firm to go on my own as, as, uh, as I was six months pregnant because I just didn't know as a new mother if I was a, able to have that full-time uh, situation. I didn't want to let a team down. So I said, okay, I'll go out on my own and start my own company. And then I was fortunate enough to have a business partner. I, I joined up with MD Disability Quotes, which is the, the primary position I hold every day. But the blog came because I couldn't help myself as I, it was almost a creative outlet as I was going through the transitions. I was learning a lot. And then I was also learning a lot about family planning, things that I needed to get done from an estate planning perspective. And then as a new mom, you just have all these thoughts about uh, your family and how to protect them. And so I just wanted to communicate as much as I could to other people so I could be helpful. So the blog started and I wasn't able to do much. And one of my articles on it is called The Later List, Mm -hmm. which happened in my mind 
a while back, I finally put it out there on the blog. Really, anyone, you have, we have these challenges and COVID, the pandemic was, you know, still can be a challenge in business. And it was really the, the beginning of the pandemic. I, I was just, I need to communicate things to help people to stay afloat mentally. I already had a virtual business. And so it was, how do I communicate strategies that I've learned from myself and my, my friends and family and other clients so that we can kind of take the stress out of life because we're going to have cur- curveballs. It's just going to happen. So it's really helped me put that creative spin. And I, I, I'm doing more with it this year, obviously with my daughter being older, I'm able to. Mm. And, and so anyway, the later list on that is really kind of this passion project. The, the blog has been that I haven't been as active as I've wanted to, but I know it's okay because you just have to find that balance. And so anyway, that's kind of the story behind it. And I'm, I'm excited to dive in and do more with it this year. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges is always to create, you know, content, you know, obviously within the brains network in particular, you know, we have people that are creating content all the time, you know, do you find like content creation, easy to come by? And do you tend to just focus very much on kind of your own personal experiences and and route and kind of write and communicate out of those? I think content for let's just say business you could really start with the frequently asked questions, the FAQs, you know, you build a website, you put some of those FAQs, FAQs out there. And that is content. I think almost every email you write back to whoever it might be, if it's answering a question, that's content. So personally with my strengths, I'm a high input person. I'm an arranger. So for me, it's a little bit more natural for me to take almost like a library of information and store it somewhere and come back to it and kind of arrange and then put it together. I know that part of working with people and their strengths, not everyone's like that. They're not as responsible with their time. And we kind of laugh about that. It doesn't mean they can't get things done, but they might not find joy in that. So sometimes people might delegate that out, but really everything we're doing in that day-to-day, we could store it in a Word document even and put it somewhere and save it for later. So that's kind of that copy content answer. The other thing is really in a world that we are very video driven, as long as you're capturing video content, I think you could repurpose that so many ways. Uh, I think we're seeing now with the YouTubes, there was a lot of the long form video that was being produced and that's been the way, but now YouTube shorts are the 60 second video clip you could turn those into reels. You film one, clip it to the other. It's just getting organized and taking time. So I've really studied a lot of different industries that are outside of the financial industry and see what are they doing. And I think it all boils down to a day or two a month where you look ahead for the next two months and put your calendar together. What do you want to communicate? What is seasonal? What's relative? And you just do it in a day or two. It's called batching content. That's what's been so, so helpful because again, to schedule this with you, it took a while because of some scheduling complex and just scheduling conflicts and then being sick a lot. I almost even just last week, I had that happen to me again. I go, oh gosh, I'm going to be a frog on the podcast and we'll just, we'll just have to wing it. Um, Those things are going to happen. So on your good days, days that you have some freedom, batch your content, get organized because (laughs) 
in the next couple of days, if a family member's sick or something could pop up, you just know that you did the work, you can come back to it. It's been, been done. So really utilizing your time when you're having a good day is helpful to overcome some of those challenges. I've, I'm living proof of that. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that's a, really interesting. You talk about, you know, batching and, and actually taking time to <clears throat> schedule what's ahead. Cause I think too often, you know, we just kind of go through uh, life and we're, we're reactive rather than proactive. So I like that you've got that kind of strategy and that, that purpose within, within your planning of the context. I think a lot of people don't have that. Give yourself some time. If you don't have high discipline in that, more of that arranger admin kind of mentality, you're just like, go with the flow. I see this in my husband. He's very high adaptability. He doesn't really like a routine and schedule. He can drive me nuts sometimes with that. I'm more rigid and focused on that. And I just know that about him and I don't get upset about it. Um, so if people are more like him or my clients are more like him, I try to advise, you know, set that time early enough and then you're not disappointing yourself. And then you can build that consistency out because you're just so far ahead. It doesn't feel like you're being rushed later on. It's just helpful. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. I think what you're saying, I know that, you know, you're into developing people. I would love to know why is it important to keep developing you know, our own talent, especially when we may have achieved success, what is the benefit of mm. continuing to develop? Okay. So let me think about how I can say this. I guess I'm in my forties. I've been around a lot of business owners as I go to conferences and I see a lot of high producers, very successful people, a lot of males uh, in my industry. And that's just, so I see a lot of success and then I see, okay, we have to build out some, some succession planning. So in my insurance planning, we do talk about different policies that partners might take out or uh, types of contracts people might do to transition their business. I've seen a lot of people want their family as their successor, and then children don't want a part of it. Mm. I don't want to, you know, I have to be careful how I say this. My father knows I wouldn't go back and move back to then take over his business because I like where I live. I don't want to relocate. So we kind of laugh about that. He's, oh, he's always talking to me, trying to talk me into it. Um, but my focus is my focus and I know it's my happy place. So I've chosen that. So as much as I'd love to do that with my, say my father, mm. it's just not where uh, the products I've chosen for my clients, I study those and that's where I'm happiest. And so I know that and I'm okay with it, mm. but I see other people like at the conferences or just other owners that are, they don't have a succession plan. And usually you got to start training your, your, your people about five to 10 years out. And we get to this point and I see a lot of struggle with some of these colleagues of mine. They don't know What's, what's the next story for me? So what if you develop your talents and you're always doing what you love? So as you maybe turn off one thing, you already had something else there for you. So it's not such a big jump or you see this all the time with retirement. Okay. I'm retired. I'm working, I'm working, but now I'm in my home and I'm what am I going to do with my days? Well, what if you already have, you just know what, what you do love and you start building out 
whatever it might be. It could be, you know, the charitable side of things or a little side business that, that was a passion project. So I think if you really know what drives you, what, what kind of, where you lose time and they call it in your flow. If there's certain activities that you just go, gosh, I just, I lost a few hours doing X, Y, Z. I think if you know that about yourself, I think you're just happy for the long term, And that builds in this kind of this longevity wellness factor. You never have to feel like a loss with mm. a business transition and a retirement plan. Mm. I don't know if that answers the question, but I think it keeps your, your mind happy in any phase, really. Yeah. I, I always think that we have to keep, we have to keep remaining hungry. We have to keep uh, having the mindset of sometimes we win and sometimes we learn, you know, and mm-hmm. I think the moment that we kind of just rest on our laurels, it tends to be when we lose our relevance and, and people can no longer relate to us. And, and often then we can't have the impact that we, that we really want. So yeah, I, th- I think it's really important that we, regardless of any success we have, that we keep developing and, and being of greater service to others. So as well said, you know, I know that you love communication as well, Amber. It's one of the things that I think is probably in your sweet spot. And uh, I know that you've, you've used a lot of different resources and tools. And I just wonder, was there one like tool or resource in particular that's really just helped you in how you communicate? Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you this. I did a presentation about four months after having my daughter. I was asked to be on stage and I did the presentation to a team or to a, a, a group, an audience that's in the insurance industry. And I, I walked off the stage knowing I did okay, but it wasn't my best presentation. And I said, what am I going to do about this? Because this will not be my last time. And as a communicator, it's just so bizarre that I'm so comfortable with people, but when it's in person, even in-person meetings, I don't have a lot of them because again, I have a virtual practice. It's comical how much I can get frozen when it comes to performing, even with um, a lesson learned, just to answer your question, I had a, uh, a team do some production, a video camera team, and they came out and okay, I'm going to work on my website and they're behind the camera and I just froze and I know my story. But when people are watching me behind that lens, it just, it's so bizarre. I get in my head, it's a a big, you know, roadblock mentally. So with communication, however your approach is, I mean, I have communication in my top five strengths, but there's something that, that happens to me personally. So what I've learned to do is I actually took a, a workshop, a communications workshop, and that was helpful just to kind of build a little bit more confidence and everyone gets a little silly together and you just, you just kind of lose yourself and just go, this is fun. Let's not take ourselves too seriously. So a workshop was helpful. The other thing is YouTube. Gosh, you could go online and watch videos, just strategies and tips there. The other thing I did was not to um, get too upset with myself about why I might freeze in the moment. I know people, a lot of people don't like public speaking and you can practice it, but Um, you know, sometimes people just feel like I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have communication in your top, what are you supposed to do? If you need to participate in video content or being online or zoom or whatever it might be, what I've learned is to just really create my home office as a place that's comfortable to me. 
I actually had hired a team to set me up with lighting and audio and I paid them to show me what are the best angles, what, where, where should you be filming? And it gave me that confidence so that I can turn things on alone, mm. meaning all my devices and really just be in my comfort zone. That works for me. Some people really need to be seen in person one-on-one and that's where they need to go. And that's just natural to them. But for the rest of us that just don't have that practice, obviously practice makes perfect, but really utilizing those resources out there through YouTube and other channels um, or platforms, there's tons of education you could purchase too. That that's been helpful to help me just do it my way. And it's just, it's been a a game changer and not trying to fix this problem that I have in my head. It's just how are we going to work around it? So yeah, just kind of build out my own way, my own process. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it is so important that we find our own way and, and that we glean. And there is so much resource out there, you know, and it's amazing, like how much knowledge is at our fingertips. <clears throat> but until we start to, you know, apply that knowledge, it never really creates the revelation that we need in order for it to, to make an impact. So it's really important, isn't it, to to take a tool or a resource and, and let it work for us and let let us see it in action. Yeah, you really just keep iterating, keep trying things. There's so many things you can test. And if you test things and they don't work, it's okay. All right, check mark. Okay, what do we learn? So really just taking those opportunities um, and 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 just trying trying to find other other ways around it because I think we we in today's age, I think we can see that there's not one way to do things. There's so many ways we can accomplish, um, you know, in business and, and it's just, and that's where I've kind of built this around, you know, helping people. It's like, how can I help solve a, solve a problem? Um, there's just so many ways that you can, you can build that now. It doesn't have to be just, you know, getting hired in one company to, to achieve that. Um, you can really find ways to do it on your own um, your own way. So yeah, that's, that's kind of been part of the journey for me is really just testing things and seeing Mm -hmm. how things work. And if it doesn't make sense, uh, I have activator, which is a little impatient at times. So it's a great thing to have to get, get things done, but I can be very impatient if I don't see results right away. Mm -hmm. And so I have to laugh about that a bit and say, Hey, if it's not making sense, it's not lost time. You're learning something. It just hasn't clicked in, you know, what, what it's, what it's really for yet, but don't stress about that. You'll figure it out. Yeah. Good reminder. Now you're a huge advocate for happiness. Uh, why do you believe the energy where it comes from within can transform any situation that we find ourselves in? You know, this might be kind of silly to bring up my grandmother, but she just turned 90 in, in January. So we have a birthday one day apart and she's done her strengths. And the reason I dove into speaking with her more of the last few years is because she had given the family an opportunity to do higher education. And she allowed each grandchild to have some money towards higher education and learning. And you had to propose this to the owner of the money, grandmother, and ask for the money and show them, show her why it was part of a higher learning business, something, a teachable moment, she would not release the funds without following some of these rules. And then whatever the amount may be, you have to put 10% in of your own money. So you have some skin in the game. Mm -hmm. And so 
because of her doing that for me in the early 20s, she was part of the reason why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing now. And so I said to her, I want to talk to my clients about this. I want to interview you for my blog, for the podcast. And the thing that she, she was just so excited with the fact that she goes, this, this might be the next, my next thing, Amber. I, I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my next decade of my life, but this might be it. I want to do more writing. I might be able to do this through you working to help other people and telling our story. And I thought, oh my gosh, what a good attitude. I mean, who thinks at 90 years old, all right, well, now I know what I'm doing for the next 10 years is I'm going to share with people my journey. And so it was just, so I wrote about that a lot and I've actually put a blog up about her, but, um, things that I have seen in my life now is I've been, you know, a certain age, uh, people were getting older and have family members getting older and clients are facing certain health issues. And then we had the pandemic. I think really what I've learned is there's, there's so many things that can just bog us down. And if we don't know who we are and kind of our purpose, it can be really hard for people. It's not a way to live. I think part of what my grandmother's shown me is after my grandfather passed away, she didn't stop living. She kept moving forward because she kind of going back to those talents and just self-awareness, she just kept going and she is still, you know, trucking ahead. And I want that attitude. And I don't hear it all the time with some of the, the family members or clients that are in their 60s plus that might be facing some adverse health issues or just challenges in their life. Um, I just want that. I want what I see in my grandmother's attitude for more people. And it really just, it's been about a couple of years now. We've been working together on that and it's been a lot of fun and it's brought our relationship closer together. So it's just really interesting how this self-awareness, personal development just keeps circling back around to more energy and more, more creativity. So it's been a lot of fun for me. And I just want that for more people. Mm, isn't it great when it just, it's like a, a repetitive cycle that the yep. more that you pour out, the more that pours in. It's a, it's a little cheesy at times, but I tell you, it feels pretty good. And if, if more people could have that, I just, you know, the world would be a happier place. We could use more joy every day. I think as we see just some of the global things that we're all experiencing together. So, mm -hmm. yep. Very good. How do we value ourselves better? You know, having value for yourself again, is something that's really at the core of, of who you are and the way that you've built, you know, your business, but how do we actually value ourselves even more and, and how do we value ourselves even better? I think you have to give yourself some grace. I think when you really look at what you are and who you're not, don't focus on what you're not. It's okay. We can't all be the same. We wouldn't get anything done. If we were all working with very like-minded people in every position, nothing would happen <laughs> very, very cohesively. I mean, it, it kind of would, it wouldn't be a good balance. And so I think if we really understand who we are, we don't try to fix what we're not, but when we have these days that are exhausting to us, we can kind of look at the full picture and say, why is that happening? It might have been that, you know, you're not within your top 10 and that's okay. Uh, you don't always have to work off strength finders. There's, there's, there's other things like disc and Myers Briggs. And I've studied those two and Enneagram. I like 
the strength finders program, like we've talked about, but it might not be for everybody. So even like the disc has the four parts, you know, if you really just use whatever it takes within what you're interested in to learn about yourself and have self-awareness or emotional intelligence, I think you could just give yourself some grace and be more accepting. I think that's where we can give ourselves more value and just really talk better to ourselves in our mind and uh, have a better mental state. I think, um, that's kind of where we can build that value for ourselves. We want to be different and unique. We should be happy about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Totally agree with that. Now you've also got a, a new podcast on the horizon. Yeah. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. What's, what's the essence of that? What are you wanting to create with this? Well, so it was a little hard to figure out how to build the fight, the physician market. We do a ton with doctors and, and medical professionals and insurance is not always exciting to people. Oh gosh, I'm a big insurance nerd, but you know, I say that to people, I can see their eyes glaze over immediately. So how do I bridge the awareness of insurance into a podcast without turning, turning off a lot of people while morphing in the blog and, and the, the, everything we've just talked about. So it took a little bit of time. What the podcast is going to encompass is really more of a financial lifestyle type of podcast where um, we're going to have the physician edition and we're going to have a place for our clients to go for resources. Mm -hmm. Then there will be, um, there's a part that we haven't talked about. There's a five pathways to peak performance. That's really my five steps of success where we're going to focus on personal development, focus on your talents. The second part is focusing on money. And then we got focusing on uh, risk management. So not just insurance, but how do we just get organized and do things that don't cost us anything but our time? Really building that in. Everyone could do a little bit better with that. Um, Focusing on marketing and technology. I'm sure I'll devote some of my podcast to the hiccups I had building my podcast out. Um, And then building out community, focusing on our network and our community especially in a virtual world, we're not able to see people as much as we used to talking just about overall community and it could be global. I mean, look at us, we're not in the same area and we're, we're making things happen. So really the rest of the podcast is going to fall into some of those steps within the five and gosh, we could do so much with that. And so we have been recording that. Excellent stuff. Is there anything else that you have got burning that you want to, you want to share Uh, and let people know how they can interact with you and find out more. Yeah, there's um, definitely, there's an online schedule on the blog, and I'm happy to speak with anyone for a complimentary consultation. A lot of what people do is if they're interested in the assessment, you just go ahead and purchase the assessment direct. And there's a lot of information in there that people can read, read, read on their own. For those of you that want more, I'm always happy to do more of that coaching. Um, there's the information on the blog. Um, another thing I've, I've been kind of working on is the, there's a, a team of people, other entrepreneurs. We all are co-authors in a book that's about to launch in March, um, end of March, and it'll be on Amazon ebook to start. And then we'll have our hard copies, but that's something else I'm working on really telling my story about how I, I got to where uh, I am today 
it was just really going through a lot of those transitions and challenges throughout my career in my 20s to now 40s. So um, I'm pretty excited about the, the book launch. We have pre-orders uh, now available on iBook and Amazon, uh, but the official launch of the book will be the end of March. And so I'm looking forward to that as well. Very good. It looks like March is going to be a very significant month for you. You know, it is interesting. Um, there's There's been a lot going on in for the month of March. And then what's what I think about is when um, my daughter, when I found out I was pregnant, it was in March and I wasn't very successful early on with the family planning uh, factor. And so she was my little lucky duck, my lucky charm in March of 2018. And so it's interesting how a lot of things are happening now in 2022 with the month of March. So that's an interesting point, Mark. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I've really enjoyed our, our time together and I wish you all the best for the rest of 2022. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was, it's been a lot of fun today. Thank you. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes and I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.